Are you concerned with your alcohol or drug use? Are you thinking about quitting for good and you are wondering what all this sober hype is about? Are you sober and frustrated because you continuously relapse and cannot find happiness in sobriety? Whatever the reason and wherever you are at, you have landed in the right place here at Sober Gratitudes. My name is Sarah and I have been sober since 2012. After many years of relapsing and alcoholic drinking, I am so grateful to have been finally relieved of the obsession to drink and freed from the bondage of self. I created this podcast out of the desire to offer you hope and inspiration by sharing my story from addiction to recovery and how I stay sober one day at a time. This podcast also features stories of others who have stayed stopped and are experiencing a satisfying life in sobriety after being addicted. Staying stopped does not have to be a battle. Sobriety does not have to be hard. Finding freedom and a new happiness is absolutely possible. You too can experience a better, more comfortable life without using drugs or alcohol. I invite you to listen to my podcast to hear these stories of hope and inspiration. Please join us in this wonderful community of support and subscribe to Sober Gratitudes on whatever podcasting platform you use. I am so glad you're here and welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Sober Gratitudes. Uh, I'm so, so glad you're here today with me and a very dear friend of mine who I met over Instagram a few years ago. And we have formed a friendship that is amazing. I love this human to death and he's hilarious. He's serious about recovery and we are in the same recovery community. And I'm so grateful that he is willing to be a guest for season three, where we talk about trauma and addiction. And when I say trauma, I am focusing specifically on sexual trauma, like um, anything of that nature. So it's kind of a heavy topic, but rest assured, Forrest is a comedian on the side. So he can offer <laughs> a lots of laughter and smiles while you're listening. So without further ado, welcome to my dear friend Forrest to Sober Gratitudes. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. This is an honor. And uh, I'm not really a comedian. <laughs> I laugh at myself a lot, though. No, it's, it's great to be here. I love you. And uh, I, I just am so grateful for our friendship. I, I never would have thought you could meet someone <laughs> over social media and connect like like we have in our entire group. It's fantastic. It is. I'm so grateful. And help me try to remember, Forrest, like before we formed the um, community on Zoom that we're both a part of, we, we were instagram friends but we followed each other we were and 
you you put that word in one of your posts years ago when when our pages were totally different than they are now mm -hmm. and uh you had mentioned one time you put the word sober in one of your posts and i thought wait a minute did i read that right and i went back and i looked and and i was so excited i was like holy shit me too and i i think that's kind of what started it because we we then realized we had that in common and we just maintained a friendship uh for several years I, i'm not really sure how long before the recovery community thing really started to take off on instagram we we just knew that we were both sober and uh, we had that in common and and we maintained a friendship via instagram yeah i can't remember the year it, it feels like a couple of years i mean it was well before covid hit and i just thought you were just such a kind man from texas that always had you always had something nice to say about my posts and i don't remember if i <laughs> i think i took a lot i didn't did i give much it was a part of this when we were instagram first instagram for <laughs> you did, you did. And, i was so uh, selfish i was <laughs> no it was fun to watch because then uh the whole recovery out loud thing started coming around and I, I never was anonymous. I wasn't anonymous when I drank and I, I, my recovery has not been anonymous, but I, I never posted it on social media or anything. And um, I remember you, you getting started and changing your page. And then I'm going to do a podcast and I'm thinking, well, I don't even know what the hell a podcast is. But, <laughs> I didn't yeah. either. I was like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> I thought, well, okay, but just don't do too much. I remember telling you this several times. Don't overload yourself. Take it easy. And because oh. you were always so busy, busy, busy. And and I thought, oh, damn, she's she's killing herself because you know, you got the kids, you got the husband. Uh, you know, the family is is a is a handful for most, and then you're taking on all of this recovery stuff um and i i remember telling you on numerous occasions take it easy slow down you know and you didn't listen <laughs> <laughs> and thank god you didn't but uh, no you, you didn't listen and then and then i i got the message that uh you were going to start this zoom meeting and um I remember, I have to be honest with you, <laughs> you, you said that and I thought, oh shit, <laughs> I don't know anything about Zoom, I don't want to do this. You know, if we still world, don't know anything about Zoom, like for the recording. <laughs> it took us a half an hour to get this episode, this recording going on Zoom. <laughs> we really don't even know if we're recording, but uh, anyway, I know. <laughs> So, and, and I, I was very touched by your invitation to join this group. And you had mentioned there were some people that you thought I would like to meet and, and you thought they would like to meet me. And, 
and I was touched by that portion, but you know, it was the whole zoom technology thing. And I was like, shit, you know, what am I, what am I going to do? This is, and then just as clear as day in my head, I, I get, this is an opportunity for you. Don't pass it up. And I'm like, well, you know, that wasn't the neighbor speaking to me. And uh, so I logged on. It took me a couple of times, but I finally got onto a meeting and I was blown away. It was just this fantastic group of people. It, it was not like what I was accustomed to. There was just so much love and compassion and, and for lack of better word, family. Uh, I was uh, probably by the second or third meeting, I felt extremely connected to the members. And uh, I was pretty much in amazement that, that uh, I could feel that way after such a short period of time. You know, and it was just a fantastic group of people. Yeah, it is a fantastic group, yeah. Yeah, in the in the story behind you starting it, and um, it wasn't me. It wasn't me. Yeah, well, <laughs> it wasn't my neighbor who gave, who put that thought in my head. <laughs> yes, you, you're correct, but but you you uh, you you followed that that voice, and and because you did that, so many people have been blessed. And I truly believe that. And I thank you for that. Oh, well, thank you. Like it's getting to know you. Like I, you know, COVID was such a, gosh, a gift in a lot of ways because you and so many other people um, that I know and love now, I would have never met had it not been for COVID and Zoom. So I'm so, so happy. And like to have you finally on the podcast. Um, I always trust that things happen the way they're supposed to happen. And <clears throat> it almost didn't happen today. Because the gosh darn bandwidth. It was touch and go there for a little bit. But, a little bit. <laughs> but anyway, so can you share about what things were like for you as an active alcoholic and and how you found recovery and then the, the trauma. I was, I was raised in a, a family setting where I didn't feel love from my parents. Um, they, they didn't instill any, any worth in me. I, I had very low self-esteem. I, I didn't feel love and I remember thinking as a child, wondering what these people wanted from me, because I, I seemed to be always in trouble. I, I was kind of a daydreamer. I didn't, you know, looking back, I realized I was trying to es escape where I was, the, the reality of, of my life. And, uh, you know, by the time I was 12 years old, that's when I started drinking. And, and I, 
I've said it a lot of times. I, I was 12 years old and all alone in this world. I, I, I just didn't feel like I had anybody and, and nobody cared. Nobody. Yeah. I'm sure there were people that cared. Don't get me wrong. But from a 12 year old standpoint, I, I just didn't feel like anybody cared. And, um, at that time, I, I discovered alcohol, and it, it let me escape from what I saw as a very harsh and, and sad reality. And um, from the very moment that I discovered it, I, I just, I took off. This is, this is the deal. This is what I'm going to do. Um, literally, I, I, was, I was hooked after the first drink it, it gave me what I had been looking for and that um, and that was uh, an escape from from a sad situation and um, you know as we all know that long term that doesn't work um, and so uh, you know I was I was raised in a re religious family because that's the thing to do. You know, you have a place to be every Sunday morning. And, and then for one hour on Sunday mornings, you go and you act one way or pretend. And then the rest of the week, you just go off and do what you want to do is how I saw it. And, and all I ever heard in there was how God was going to send me to hell and this, that, and the other. And, um, because I was a terrible person. That's all I'd ever heard. Um, my, my teachers, you know, the, just everything that I heard, I, I equated to me being inadequate or me being a failure or no one really caring. And, um, and I, I carried on that way for 36 years. Um, drank very heavily for 36 years and um, even, you know, at the end, I, I still didn't know what love was. I had no concept of love. I, I didn't, I was at 48 years old, I, I was a very sad person. I mean, I was just beat to, you know, nothing. So many, so many negative things had happened in my life and, and, uh, it, it, they they were just stacked up, and I had no way to to get away from them. And the and the load or the burden of that whole life uh, at that point was just too much to carry anymore. And uh, I just I wanted I, I wanted to be out or dead. I wanted to be out of this situation or dead. I, I didn't really at that point didn't care. I mean, there was zero hope in my life, and, and um, it was just a, a really, really sad situation. And fortunately, at that age, I I ended up in a in a twelve step program, and um, it changed my entire life. It gave me a set of tools to start dealing with 48 years of disappointment and low self-esteem and no love and, and, uh, and gave me the tools I needed to deal with 
with uh, being raped uh, as a young man. So that was a, if, if it would not have been for that, I, I don't think that I would have dealt with it. It was, it was through that program that I learned to, to try to start figuring it out and try to start dealing with it, you know? And, and even later on, I've, I've found that um, there, there's, there's the, the trauma from the, from the rape, but then there's also a, a, a lot of trauma from the childhood experience that has lasting effects on you that you know and it's another thing that needs to be dealt with but um the the uh the program allowed me to to be able to deal with that it, at least a starting point to to help me to understand where i needed to go to get help so you know basically what happened at age at age 16 I had already been drinking for four years and um, I'm uh, and, I, and a lot of people probably nowadays think that's that's unheard of how do you you know how do you do that and and the answer is simple in Texas in those days if if you walked in and you had the money you bought the the alcohol that's just the way it was. And uh, so by age 16, I'd already been drinking for, uh, for four years. I had, uh, had been driving since I was age 11. That's just another thing. If you were, I mean, you know, it was, wasn't that big a deal. You just did it. And, uh, so at age 16, I got myself into, well, I didn't get myself into a situation. I, what happened was I, I was drugged and raped by um, a group of people and then just left in the woods to whatever happened, happened, I guess. And, and, um, and I, I can, I can remember parts of it. It was all real foggy. I remember enough of it to know what happened. And, uh, and I remember enough to know that it was a group of people. And uh, I was basically just thrown in the woods and whatever happened, happened, I guess. And um, I remember the next day coming to and, and just feeling so bad and, and I, I just physically I felt bad mentally I was I, I, I thought maybe I'd had a dream or but I don't know why I'm in the woods and I, I'm just trying to get it all together and and um, so I, I uh, found my way back to my vehicle and um, I made my way home and I, I didn't say anything to uh, anyone. Didn't say anything to anyone. I didn't tell anyone what happened. Um, 
And at that point, I didn't really feel like anyone cared. And so after that, I, I was very, very angry. I mean, I guess saying I was very angry, that's an understatement. I, I had, I, at age 16, had I gotten a chance, I probably would have killed those people. Literally, that's what I wanted to do. And um, thank God I, I, I never came across them or I never, I never found out or who they were or anything like that. And um, so from, from 16 to age 48, um, all of that just sat there inside and built up and it's just it's just a heavy burden to carry and i never told a soul you didn't tell anyone at all no one when no. did you when did you speak your truth um the first person that i've told that i told was my my current wife i i i had before we got married, I, I I knew that this was a burden. This was something inside, and and um, I'd already been in the program for a while, working on my sobriety, and and I knew that things like this had to be dealt with. But for whatever reason, I I just she was the first person I told, and I and I knew that if I did not forgive these people um that i wasn't going to stay sober that was the thought that i had i i had to i had to unload this burden and and i worked on it and i worked on it really hard and i got to the point um today what i wish for these people i, I wish them peace in their life if they're still alive i i, I wish them happiness i i wish them relief of whatever compulsion it was that made them do this you know i want because you know you you if i put myself in their shoes wow what you know what if what if i felt compelled to do such acts and and there's got to be such shame and and guilt and all of that associated with with that what took place and i i got to the point to where i, I wished peace for them Wow. That, you know, for us, it's incredible that, you know, a lot of people who are listening might be thinking, what the heck? Like, how can you ever forgive these people and what they've done? But as we know, when we, when we hold on to resentments of any kind or anger of any kind, it ends up hurting ourselves. Right. Like I know for me in my experience, it, it, it was, my holding on to being a victim and rolling around in that and pulling people into that yeah absolutely it's selfish it, of me yeah it, it it can be done i i i will say there's possibly some selfishness in my part 
you know, on my part for wanting to forgive them because I knew I, I wasn't going to stay sober if I didn't. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, you know, if that's the way somebody wants to look at it, hey, go for it, look at it that way. Uh, but the main thing is you, you've got to try to work. In my opinion, you've got to work towards some level of forgiveness um, for these people. Um, and I got to a point to where I felt like these people, even though I knew I was very, very, very sick in my own ways, I, I felt like these people were a lot worse off than me. Um, I would a lot rather uh, carry the burden of alcoholism that I have than carry the burden that they have to carry. Um, it, it just, it seems incredible to me. And um, yeah, so I, I got to a point to where I, I could, um, I could forgive them for what had happened. But here's the thing that I didn't do. I still didn't tell anybody. Mm. And I went for, um, when I started working on it and I, and I went for a long period of time and I, and I just never told anybody. And, uh, it was after that, after I joined, um, the group with you guys that I realized, Hey, wait a minute. You know what? This, this might be holding me back. What, what do you, what do you mean by that? This might be holding. It's a burden. It, it's, mm -hmm. it's a weight to carry. Mm -hmm. um, it's not letting me fly as high as I could fly. So, so even though when you say you forgave them, right? Like mm -hmm. there was still, there was something about that. It, it still wasn't of service to to your quality of life, to your your overall peacefulness and um, well being. So, so say that's what I, I want to help the listeners understand how like there's forgiveness, but then with something like what we're talking about, and a lot of things like we have to go beyond with with everything. <laughs> We can forgive, but then we have to go beyond that. And we both, you and I both have had that same experience of going beyond that. And you referenced it earlier about putting yourself in their shoes. Mm -hmm. So, so when did that happen for you? When you, like what, what happened so that you were able to get to that place? That process started um, when I realized that this was, when I realized in the process of getting sober and staying sober, uh, I realized that this was, and, and I didn't want to realize it at first, but I, I realized that this, this was a component of it. This is a weight. This is a burden that mm -hmm. has to be dealt with and unloaded. Mm -hmm. And then I, I have to go through the process. Well, how am I going to do that? And it kept coming back to the same thing. You have to forgive them. You have to forgive them. And that didn't set well, even in early sobriety, I, you know, I didn't really want to let go of that. And um, it, it took some time and the answers kept coming back the same every time you have to forgive them. You have to. 
And, and so I got to that point through, through the process to where I could forgive them, but I still never spoke of it publicly. Mm -hmm. I never, I had only told one person and, um, and then through, through the, the things that we've done in the group, that's when it dawned on me that, look, this, this, uh, this is still a weight. This is still a burden, you know? And, and then it, it dawns on me, you know, and then I think, well, I need to talk to somebody about it. And, um, that's when I reached out to you initially. And, uh, because, well, and then, then it, I, I process it in my mind and I think, well, how did I know to talk to Sarah? Because Sarah was big enough to share her experience. <laughs> and, and then, you know, it starts all coming together. And, and so, um, then I realize that for all of these years, I have cheated someone else out of maybe being able to help them or at least point them in the right direction because I stayed silent and I strongly underestimated the burden that I was carrying. I, I was under the mistaken impression that I forgave them and genuinely have that everything was okay. But to take it to the next level, I needed to, to speak about it. I needed for others to know that if they had this issue, at least I was someone that could listen mm -hmm. with some level of understanding, you know? And, and I also want people to know that this in no way has to be a lifelong burden. You know, I, I out of ignorance, I chose to carry it as long as I did. Um, which, which was, um, not smart on my part, but I, I guess I just didn't fully understand what letting it go publicly would mean, you know, and, and I feel like everything just jumped up a level when I did that. I, um, when, when, when I, I spoke with you, I spoke and then you suggested I speak with another person and I did. And that confirmed that on the forgiveness end of it, you know, I was where I needed to be. Um, you know, I had put myself in their shoes. I had, you know, at this point in my life, I, I, I actually felt sorry for them, mm -hmm. you know, I pray they don't have to carry that burden. I hope that they can get freedom from that. Um, but, you know, it, it, it needed to be, you know, when, when I got to that point and had spoken that, then I'd shared it in a meeting um, once or twice, uh, just kind of put it out there when it, when it seemed appropriate or when it came up. And, uh, It just, it, it I, I had such a relief by just saying it, you know, and, but that's, that's at the point where, you know, where I am today, when I finally let this go, the secret 
was more of a burden mm -hmm. than the act by this point. Yeah. You know, in the beginning, the act was the burden, but, but, you know, after 40 years of carrying something, which is insane. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, I, I should have never done that, but I did. But it was so freeing to let that go. Yeah. And then now I can sit here and talk with you about it. It's a, this is a big, there's, there's a lot of difference between this conversation and the first one we had about it. There's, mm -hmm. a, there's a whole lot of difference. Oh, yeah. And, um, you know, just just the fact that if, if people can listen, if one person can hear this and say, you know, I'm, I'm carrying this burden and there, there is a way out. There's a way to unload this. Um, man, this, this, this podcast was a true success. Mm. I mean, that's, that's the way I see it. And I, uh, and I want others to know that, that you can, you can survive and you can thrive after such things you're you're an example uh of this and and um and if 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 people don't sit down and do what we're doing right now how is anybody else going to know about it mm -hmm. how is anybody going to know where to look for help right so for us what you just shared was so well articulated and just so beautiful and i i'm so grateful that you shared this um this trauma that um impacted decades of your life and now like i mean i've seen you change so much since we first spoke of it already but how do you feel like speak more about like what what your life is like now now that you've kind of well for me when i let go of of basically i i did the 12 steps and i was able to see where i could relieve myself of you know being in this victim role you know like thinking i had and knowing that now now i i don't even think about it like i I just think of it as a way to help others and it doesn't, I don't, I don't wallow in self-pity over it, over that particular experience I had. Um, so I'm, I'm, I feel lighter and freer and, and the secret is no longer mine, but my abusers, you know, and I, I don't know what, like you, like you said, I have no idea where, um, he's at with this, if he even knows or remembers. Um, but it's, it's, um, it's not my secret anymore. And that was so freeing. And, and just that, it's so simple just to, in letting it go like that, it, it frees us to have more room to help others, right? It, it does. And I, um, when that, when that burden goes away, it frees you up to, to experience growth in other areas and mm -hmm. to, um, to continue to improve. I mean, we, we know that the day we got sober, that's, that's not the best we're going to be. 
you know, if we continue a lifetime of this and, and we're, we're diligent about it and we work hard, the best we're going to be is the day we pass away. That, that is, that's the goal. We're, we're not, we're not finished. We're, you know, as some people say, we don't graduate. No. And, and I, I see this as, as part of the process, you know, that you and I, we, we just unloaded this stuff so we can move on mm-hmm. and, and grow. Mm-hmm. And, 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 um, yeah, it's a, it's a personal thing for you and I, because we have experienced a lot of growth because we did this, but you know, one of the byproducts of it is that we help others. Others can see this. If we share it, yeah. others can see that, well, number one, you can overcome number two, this happened to me and I didn't have anybody to talk to, but now I do. I know exactly who to talk to about it. Yeah. You know? And, and so it, it's, it's just like, like we always say, you know, it's, it's just others helping others. And, you know, we, we, we try to improve ourselves and, and drag everybody else along with us. And, and hope they're doing the same because I hope somebody's dragging me along to improve me, so to speak. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it just, it's just something we had to do to continue to grow. Yeah. So we didn't become stagnant. And I have more energy now than <laughs> before holding on to that secret. And there are a lot of other things that I held on to as well. And, um that really tired me out and i was kind of like tired of feeling tired you know and and it is such um it it's very it's a hard work to hold on to a secret like that and right and even to like acknowledge it and then to still kind of like talk about it in a way that um poor me or it you know like you have to excuse my behavior because I was victimized. So I'm entitled to behave this way, but that's tiresome as well. It is and and unhealthy. Um, You know, I I think one of the, one of the goals for me is to be able to sit down and talk to someone else, whether they've experienced this or not, but um, to sit down and talk to them, without breaking down, talk to them in an intelligent, positive way mm-hmm. and show them that, look, you know, this, you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. It is very possible to get through this mm-hmm. without a doubt. You can get through it. And, um, um, and, and with the growth, this thing becomes smaller and smaller, you know, mm-hmm. the, 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 incident was was already as i found out was already less of a burden than the secret was and then when the secret was gone you know the incident just moves further back in the in in time you know and and it's just um it it doesn't bother me i don't think about it it, like i used to um and i i can sit with people and talk to them about it in an intelligent manner and, and hopefully in a helpful manner. Yeah. 
Well, you do. You are you are incredibly helpful. And um, if if anybody doesn't know Forrest, um, Forrest has two Instagram accounts, and he also started a hashtag called Sober Tag Warrior, essentially meaning that you know if it's kind of a this is my cry for help, and we can seek out and find people who who are struggling, whether it be with alcoholism, addiction of any kind, and with um, the experience of sexual trauma. And you, you are that person for so many people. And having you on this podcast is, and, and we, uh, we agreed that this would be a way to let people know that we are here and available to support you and help you in any way and you can find us on social media and we have emails we have like what you can connect with us and if you know men are more comfortable connecting with forest or you know but for i mean that's the thing like it's whoever you're comfortable with and feel safe with and it, i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for a meeting an in-person meeting that i went to where a woman just decided to share about her experience um, for the first time, like in a long time. And she said afterwards, when I went up and talked to her, this was like seven years ago. And I said, what, like, like, help me, please tell me what I, I just don't want to be burdened with it. And she said, this is, this is, there are no coincidences, Sarah. She said, because I walked into this room today, not, not thinking I wasn't pre preparing to share about it, but something, it was like a seed was planted. Something popped into her mind said, I need to share this today. So if it wasn't for this woman who's still sober today, as far as I know, um, if she hadn't shared about her experience, I wouldn't have found the strength to share about my experience. And that's just how it works. You know, yeah. it's the ripple effect. And that's why I want to dedicate all season three to this. Um, because there are so many of us, right? There, there, there are many, many of us known. And I don't even know how many unknown. How many are, were like me that just carried it and didn't say anything, mm -hmm. you know, and I urge you to, uh, if, if you are out there carrying that and not saying anything, get a hold of one of us and, and, uh, there's a lot better way and, and you can unload that you can heal from it. Um, and, and you can move on to help others with it. Yeah. And that's the whole point. Yeah. And yeah, that exactly. That is the whole point um, of this, this particular episode is one for all of the listeners to get to know Forrest who don't know Forrest and, um, but also to help you, you, the listener know that you don't have to suffer in silence anymore about it because I know for myself and I know Forrest too, we experienced that holding on to the secret was just holding us back and we, we could not move forward. And today, I know today, like I feel so free and I am a completely different person, you know, because I 
because I got sober, but also because I unleashed that burden of that secret. And you're, I know based on what you're saying that your story is relatively similar. And yes, and it, it something so something that was so big in our lives for a period of time in our lives by using it to help others it gets reduced to i'm I'm not going to say nothing but it's it's just reduced to nothing but helpfulness yeah exactly it is anymore and it, it it is something that happened to you and i and it is because of that that we are able to help others with it mm-hmm. and it, it just takes away from my point of view it takes away from all the the negative aspect of it yeah and it turns it all positive and then yeah. like like the lady said there's everything happens for a reason there's nothing yeah. random no and, and we we were chosen to to walk this path you and i and and we have since chosen to help others do the same in a successful manner yeah and um, that's how we get through yeah yeah and it just gets better and better (laughs) for me (laughs) without a doubt yeah well Forrest, you know we're we're running out of time here because we've got some stuff going on in about 20 minutes so we do we have another another uh destination to be yeah so um thank you so much again for your willingness to share about your experience and um i love you so much you mean so much to me forrest um, i love and- you too i appreciate it it's uh, it's 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 an honor and um a privilege to to be able to get the word out mm-hmm. uh, via your podcast yeah and please, please, if you're out there, reach out, find us. We, yeah, we'll talk to you. So we'll put um, Forrest's information in the show notes, um, and um, but if you want to share them now, do you want to share them now? Or you uh, can reach Instagram is sober underscore Texas, and um, actually, I was. <laughs> I was told that I, I did some, I do something crazy. And that is my phone number is on that page. Yeah. You saw that. I was looking at like, uh, you get I, spam. I, do you get shit tons of spam? No, no, <laughs> nobody. I, I just get legitimate calls. Oh, so, uh, there's a phone number on that page. Uh, use it. I urge you to use it. Yeah. Forrest so, is the real deal. Yeah. Forrest I know has uh, so many people who are so grateful for his um, willingness to really, you, you look out for so many people and you are, you put in so much time. You say I'm busy, but mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) I think you're busy. You are doing a lot of service work. And uh, I I know that for a fact. Well, thank you. And I, I I try to stay after it. Mm -hmm. I don't want to see anybody go through what we've been through mm-hmm. one minute longer than they have to. Right. Ah, oh, you're such a gift Forrest. Thanks again. And um, I'm glad this worked that Zoom didn't. <laughs> we conquered technology. 
Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much. I love you too, Forrest. We'll see you soon. Okay, see you. Bye. Bye. Sober Gratitudes is a podcast dedicated to spreading the hope in recovery from addiction. It is an inclusive show that does not promote or represent any recovery program. When my guests and I discuss what keeps us sober, we are referring to our own unique experiences. Our goal is to encourage and give hope to those who are struggling and need support.